I'm Misha Likaros, and you're listening to Digipod, the official podcast of IMAP, the Internet and Mobile Marketing Association of the Philippines. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Welcome to Digipod, the official podcast of the Internet and Mobile Marketing Association of the Philippines. My name is Michel Icaros. I'll be your host. I'm joined today by Mr. Dennis Perez, Media Director of Unilever Philippines. Hi, Misha. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Today, we have an exciting topic that we're going to be covering. We'll be talking about on-demand audio, the new radio. Yeah, and, and it's quite exciting because this is also the first time that uh, IMAP will have a podcast. So it's just nice to start uh, this season by discussing like what podcasting is, how it's changing the landscape in the Philippines, how brands can participate, and how creators can also uh, jump into the, the, the bandwagon, the, the, the rising popularity of podcasting. Want to hit your target market with just a fraction of the cost? Dive into the blue ocean of podcast advertising, the medium that makes sure that retention and conversions equals your ROI. What are you waiting for? Schedule a demo today at advertiser.podmetrics.co. Absolutely. Um, I actually started my own podcast earlier during the lockdown. Um, I'm the co-host of Subo Tours. We talk about movies and the feedback has been incredible because you really reach an entirely different audience than you would through just traditional social media or even if you're doing it on YouTube. And I'll be honest, like even before the pandemic, I was not into podcasts. But during the pandemic, there's a rise, there's good content now. There's more time at home to listen to one. And now I'm not just listening to one, I'm listening to many, actually. So it's quite interesting. And the nice thing about podcasting is that you can really discuss topics in depth. Unlike in a, in a visual format where you tend to discuss big topics, here you can really go into very specific, very niche topics. And surprisingly, there, there are audiences who are interested in it. So it's quite interesting to hear uh, from, from uh, the two, two guests that we have right now. And it's nice that we have guests from the producer side, I would say, uh, that's Podcast Network Asia. And also on the broadcasting side, and that's basically Spotify. And, um, you know, this, this podcast will not be possible without uh, Podcast Network Asia. You know, Digipod is powered by Podcast Network Asia. So thank you so much. And of course, most likely you're listening to this podcast in Spotify. Absolutely. And I think something um, also that's great about podcasts is exactly what you said. You can go in depth and because it's um, something you can listen to while you're doing other things, it's okay if it runs a little bit longer. So it gives you more time to go in depth. And hopefully that's something we can do with our guests today. Yeah. So let's introduce our guest now. Absolutely. First up, we have the CEO of Podcast Network Asia, Mr. Ron Beitiong. Morning, Hello. sir. Gang, this is so, this again, nerve-wracking, but I'm very, very honored to be part of the show on the pilot episode. And welcome, officially, IMAP, to the world of podcasting. And thank you, Podcast Network Asia, for, for bringing us into this world. And Ron is an expert uh, podcaster. You have a podcast, right? You want to plug it now? <laughs> sure, that's correct. Um, I actually started the whole company with uh, uh, the origin story of it came from my own podcast called Hustle Share, where mm -hmm. I feature the, the stories and the, the, the triumphs and everything else in between of the, the tech entrepreneurs, the startup founders 
in the Philippines. And then I saw that there is a big gaping hole of how this community can thrive and slowly turn into an industry. That's why we created Podcast Network Asia to help support the best podcasters in the Philippines, not just, uh, not just actually just here in the Philippines, but across Southeast Asia. Fantastic. And our next guest, our second guest, is Mr. Xia Yen Ong, Regional Head of Sales for Spotify. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, and, it, you know, it's such a privilege to be on the first podcast for IMAP. Uh, you know, the opportunity is great and I'm, and I'm really happy to be on this program and I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, and, and Yen um, is a friend of IMAP, uh, been in um, almost um, all Digicoins. Thank you so much, uh, Spotify and Yen, for, for supporting us. And I'm sure the, the landscape when it comes to audio is drastically changing. And I, I'm sure there are new things that we'll learn from you this, in this podcast. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, really appreciate the past few years, you know, being able to participate. Uh, I feel like MMAP has done a lot for the Philippines advertising and marketing industry. So hopefully there'll be one or two nuggets from what I'm sharing today. Absolutely. And we're happy that you're joining us from Singapore. Yeah, uh, I wish I could be there. I really miss all my the, the amazing food that I get to enjoy every time I'm in Manila. But the time will come when we travel again. Or you can just go to Lucky Plaza and have your Jollibee there. <laughs> I, I, I've already had a couple of rounds of Jollibee fixtures in Lucky Plaza. There you go. <laughs> We're happy to announce that our favorite digital conference is on. IMAP Digicon Pop 2021. The theme for this year is Digicon Pop or Depop. Depop will explore how digital marketing has finally gone mainstream and become a part of pop culture. What does this mean and what possibilities lie ahead for marketers? The answer to that and many more questions will be revealed at IMAP Digicon Pop 2021. Depop will run from October 11 to 15 and we have some amazing speakers lined up, including Adam Grant, best-selling author of Originals, Give and Take, and most recently, Think Again. Celebrate it as a must-read by everybody from Oprah to Bill Gates. We'll also be welcoming Mr. Rory Sutherland, Vice Chair of Ogilvy UK and a rock star TED Talk speaker. For early birds, you can email digicon at futureproof.ph or visit digicon.com.ph. So don't forget, this coming October, IMAP Digicon Pop 2021. Okay, so let's go into it. Um, our first question is for both guests, whoever wants to answer first. Uh, maybe you could start us off on the right foot by explaining to us what exactly is on-demand audio. Okay, I'll start out with that. So on-demand audio, again, has actually been around for, for a very long time. It started out 20 years ago or over 20 years ago with, with uh, podcasts uh, technically deriving from the term iPod which is, again, obviously the old clunky thingy player that we used to have pre-Spotify, uh, where you have to download songs and put it in there, and broadcast, right? So on-demand audio basically is, again, as it says, it's, it's uh, content that is derived and also consumed whenever the user wants to be it. We're in the on-demand economy. So in video, there's you know uh, live streaming video sites that you, you can do that or evergreen content that you can consume in your own time, in your own cadence. It's the same iteration for audio. Audio has been around for a while, but majority of the time prior to this, um, you have to consume it live. There's you know airtime and whatnot. Now, everything is prime time because you have to, uh, it's, it's 
depends on you on how you want to consume that audio in your most convenient time. So I, I mean, Ron has done a great job explaining, you know, what it is. From my end, we would like to look at it as anything that's audio. But, you know, what Ron mentioned earlier, prime time, right? Prime time now is your time. So any, any form of audio, be it podcast, be it music in future, you know, there'll be a lot more audio books out there and any kind of soundscape that you have today that people can enjoy in their own time. And it is really ubiquitous because you can access it from any platform today, whether it's a, it's a smart device, you know, the phone which is in your pocket. And to sum it up, I would say that, uh, you know, on demand is, is something for today's generation where we, we used to own media, right? We used to own content. We used to download or we used to access it when it's available on a linear channel. But today, consumers have moved from ownership to access. I think that sums up what uh, on-demand has allowed today. I think Yen actually uh, mentioned something quite interesting uh, there. If you look at it, um, audio is one of the first few formats when it comes to uh, media, even before television, if you look at it. But, and, and now I feel that it's, you know, the, the whole circle is now um, happening because, you know, with technology, suddenly uh, the format, is not dead. It's still there. But uh, because of technology, all of a sudden, um, uh, listeners have more control to what they, can, they want to consume. And that's where um, on-demand comes in. And um, if you describe, for example, or, or compare traditional audio with on-demand audio, the way that we are consuming right now um, through, for example, Spotify, what are the differences that you can uh, uh, pinpoint or mention? So... I mean, for, for us today, I still see there's a, there's a big uh, coexistence between uh, on-demand audio and radio. Uh, the, the biggest difference is the kind of listeners it serves, right? Uh, it's based on the needs that you have. Very similar to OTT and terrestrial TV today, right? It's based on the needs and, in term, and the moments that people are consuming it. So the, when it comes to that occasion, radio is mainly still consumed in cars, in some homes, but on-demand has a much wider variation of consumption. And, you know, we believe that there's a potential still to coexist, but the difference is on-demand audio today is quite limitless in what we can do, the way people can connect with it. We talked about, you know, when they can, they can access it. And one of the big differences is the mobility of on-demand is the main catalyst in comparison to uh, radio and while radio stations have started their own apps, etc., the adoption isn't as fast as, you know, the on-demand audio apps that we have today. Um, so, you know, I guess, as I mentioned, the main difference is when someone will consume it because it is on your own time, i.e. prime time, as Ron has mentioned. And the content that you can access now, it's, it's a, a lot wider. Think about the long tail, right? There is something for everyone and we call that, uh, for example, in music, in Spotify, we call that micro-genres. There are like thousands and hundreds and thousands of micro-genres out there that uh, users today can actually enjoy. And that's correct. Uh, just to add to what, what Yen has said, uh, the, the biggest uh, thing about on-demand audio or, again, podcasting is also, aside from the, the, the access and the ability to, for, for the consumer to con- consume it in their own convenient time, whatever floats their boat, right? It's also the intentionality of why people consume it. By default, 
podcasting is being consumed because people have the intention to learn. And so, of course, there's there's an entertainment factor still, but the main intent is to learn. So now you're attracting a different, as a really specific subset of users that are there to learn versus just being entertained, having, uh, you know, having that in the background. And when when learning, it also comes with active listening, right? Because they're trying to consume something, and typically, again, what you what you can do is to go deep. Uh, in, into a real, you, you go into a rabbit hole of a certain topic, whatever this uh, micro genre that you want. And the other thing also is that it's habit forming. When people like a podcast, they tend to binge. So first thing they do is they follow on Spotify. Then all of a sudden, oh my God, I, I'm hooked to this podcast. Let me do more. And then all of a sudden they realize that, man, it's part of my weekly habit now to consume this type of content. Because it's something within that, again, micro genre that, that interests them the most. Building on that, I think something else that's fascinating about podcasts and um, on-demand radio in general is that it also has encouraged this whole creator culture. It's inviting people to create their own content because what you guys mentioned about niche audiences you can now create contents for specific people, for specific audiences, and it's absolutely targeted. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I'll just, I'll just share it within the Filipino perspective. When I started out podcasting in early 2019, one of the biggest things that I started looking out for were the, the patterns of how podcasts were, were doing so great in the U.S. And I looked around. I saw several problems. First one, the podcasts in the Philippines vary in terms of podcast production. Some sound like they're in the studio, some like they're in the bathroom and whatnot. There wasn't any standard, right? And it compared to like, you know, uh, in, in videos, or, you know, the, 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 really, the ones that really make it through have a certain standard of excellence. In podcasting, there wasn't yet uh, back at that time. Second thing was, there was a lot of consumption happening Mostly, it was foreign content. 80% of the top 200 podcasts in the, in the Spotify charts were foreign content. Now, if you look at it now, that's only down to 55%. 45% now are locally produced content, so that's great. And the third one is monetization. And I think Yen can definitely uh, add this because Spotify is doing a lot of waves on how to make that money flow into every uh, content creator through Anchor and through Megaphone. You know, and SAI to really, you know, incentivize people creating content because the only time this will actually thrive again as a community and, and incentivize those creators is when there's money coming in, right? We've seen that in other parallels, you know, in video, it happened, in streaming, it happened, and it's inevitable that it's going to happen here in audio as well. Okay. Yeah. So thanks, Ronan. And, and you're right, you know, writing on the fact that on demand, and it being digital today allows for a lot more data to be understood. So I'll, I'll, I'll look at it from two standpoints, right? Uh, two standpoints. One would be on the creator side. Whether it's music or whether it's podcast, today when, when you produce a piece of content and it's consumed, be it in Philippines or be it anywhere around the world, there's that data that's fed back to the creators for them to understand what is trending, like Ron knows what's trending right now because he can see the charts, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, we provide our creators with dashboards to be able to understand who's interested, who's the most engaged. And, and from there, look at the type of contents that are also trending. It helps creators to do a lot more compared to traditionally when it's one-sided in terms of communication. 
I'm producing what I like. Mm-hmm. I'm producing what I'm passionate about. Right. But that that might not be the content that people are actually consuming. So having that understanding allows a, a much more informed decision in terms of creators. And of course, we are very invested in every country that we go into, working together with the local communities. I mean, one of our mission is really to help connect, you know, uh, millions of creators to billions of fans, and that. Uh, you know, it's a it's a great ecosystem layered in with data and knowledge. Now, on the advertising side, again, data comes into play, right? Uh, in the past, you make assumptions on who you want to target. And, and of course, they, there will be slight wastage because you're targeting a, a mass audience. But with the invent of, you know, automated buying and data layering, today you reach people in the moment that they want to, to consume your product or be think about your product. So example, if someone's listening to a, a podcast or music related to health and workout, an energy drink would be so interested in that audience because it is the precise audience versus choosing or should I go for this age group type of channel or should I go for the younger age group type of channel? And, and you're not sure whether people are going to actually relate to the context of your message, right? Or, or a, a gaming podcast. And gaming is, is, is really on the rise, mm-hmm. especially since the pandemic. And, you know, tech brands would love to be in front of these people who are consuming gaming content or gaming playlists. So goes back again to the mood, the moment, the mindset where advertisers now have, have ability to you know, have greater transparency, target the right audience, less media wastage. That's nice to hear from an advertiser perspective. Um, as you all know, we're, we're now into also like a lot of cohort marketing, you know, trying to make sure that we put in the right content in front of the right audience. And I think um, in digital, we know that's possible. And with, uh, with um, on-demand audio, which is also like digital, um, it's nice to hear that we can also do that contextual targeting. Um, but uh, from an advertiser perspective, and I'm sure a lot of listeners as well are wondering, because podcasting is quite new to them. And I'm sure there are a lot of uh, people asking, like, how can I be part of that? Or how, how can my brand be part of it? What are the other opportunities that I can do? Ron and, and Yen, uh, can you actually uh, give us an um, idea of sure. how brands can participate? Is it just like the normal radio commercial and, uh, and, and you know, put that in? Or are there more? I'm sure there are more. Yes. So, um, Ron, maybe you want to start? Sure. And uh, Yen did a, did a great intro into to this next topic that we're talking about. It's because context is king in podcasting. Because again, there's a lot of micro genres that you have to talk to. And you have, for every niche, you need to match the right content with the right messaging or the right brand, right? Now, the options, obviously, the best one that you can have is, again, Sp- only Spotify has that ability to do uh, strategic ad insertion, right? Being able to match that uh, automatically. But in, in the world at the moment, there's other options that are also can be done. So the first one that can be done that's low-hanging fruit is uh, we always ask with the brands that we work with is that do you want to create your own audience or do you want to tap into an existing audience and double down on, on a ready audience to consume it. If you want to create uh, uh, an audience of your own and create that, that following where you can build the relationship with your listeners, you can do the route of branded podcasts. You know, don't, don't go in your face like, okay, this is talk about a food brand and whatnot. It's, it's a, a subtopic, like for example, uh, parenting, right? You can talk about plugging a certain uh, product 
that that allows you to do it. But you talk about the scope of parenting, and and, and there's podcasts that we've done that for. Now, in the other advertising route, there's also uh, sponsorships, and the best way to do it uh, in 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 our context, at least in the Philippines, again, because we don't have the technology to get that done yet, is through host red ads. And the beauty about podcast ads, because we do have context, and the other thing is, in the digital age, only podcasts have this type of retention in a in a digital age. In video, you'll be lucky to get two to five seconds of, of someone's attention. Here, we're averaging at least 30 to 45 minutes. So you can really uh, go deep and you don't have to hurry up <laughs> to talk about a certain topic. And that's where we can go sponsorships and what we have we've unlocked because uh, we also again using the data that Spotify provides and all the other podcast apps we created our own platform called Podmetrics what we unlocked last year was very interesting because podcasts apparently are a great medium to do affiliate marketing good old affiliate marketing you know where people get can get compensated for any conversion that they do for a brand one perfect example that we did was for Lazada last year Right with with our platform called Podmetrics, where podcasts can monetize their shows. They log in, they sign up, they click, they get a link, and then last year, over the first uh, uh, the last quarter, we drove Lazada seventy thousand dollars worth of sales just in Q4. And then on their last birthday, also just recently, a couple months ago or last month, we did another almost twenty thousand dollars because again of the ability of the podcast to push and deep dive on why they should get something for our brand. Interesting. If I can ask, uh, Yen, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask about non-podcast-based executions. What are the opportunities for brands, say, on Spotify that don't have anything to do with podcasts specifically? So Ron, again, Ron did a great job explaining some of the options there. Host threads are great. Uh, You know, the... The uh, affiliate marketing now makes me want to start my own podcast. <laughs> so congrats, congrats on your success with Lazada. I was actually thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. And of course, yeah, we, we, we are uh, SAI, which is streaming ad insertion, is our proprietary tool where we are actually adding in the ads in real time to the targeted audience. Again, back to uh, you know, real time targeting. Uh, but beyond podcasts, I assume you're talking about other audio opportunities. Of course, advertising within a streaming platform like us, we have our audio ads, we have display ads, we have a video ads. Then you probably think, oh, people are listening. Why should they be looking at video or why should they be looking at display? So the, the, the important thing to know is that we are all about the moment action that you're doing. So if someone's actually searching, they're actually browsing, then we serve them a video and a display ad. And if they are passively listening with the phone in their pocket, we know their screens are off. There's Excel or PowerPoint or or other other apps in front of their PC. Then we serve them only the audio ads. So those, again, goes back to, uh, you know, moment targeting. As I mentioned, there are many different ways to do that. But brands can also, uh, on top of looking at branded podcasts, they also can build branded playlists. So if you're going back to the, um, you know, a workout moment, if you're a brand who's targeting people for health and fitness and you want, you know that not everyone can run a marathon. Some people are into yoga. Some people are into meditation. Then you can actually build or sponsor a set of playlists that relates to that mood or that moment. Uh, You know, think about 
today the and I'll just share some some interesting facts. Uh, there's there are seven thousand and seven hundred vaccine related playlists globally wow. since Jan first. Right, wow. since the first of January. So people are soundtracking their lives. So you've got to think as a marketer, think about that. People soundtrack their lives with either music or podcast because it is really highly related to the moment. In the UK, the clubs have been closed for the past year. This year alone, we saw a rise in playlists with this the, the title of Kitchen Rave within their playlists. So people are finding again moments to to feel uh, what they have. Uh, missed out on right, due to the pandemic and and the, the key here is be in the moment understand what the trend is and be able to engage with them so advertising units are there sponsorships are available both on podcasts both both on on playlists and of course if you want to go one step further then how do you work with creators to build fandom and and provide that relation to your brand so do you use uh, for example, with, with Dennis, his organization used a lot of influencers. These influencers could be podcasters. These influencers could be uh, you know, artists that produce great quality music. And I just want to add on to what Ron mentioned. Um, right. you know, within, within a sponsorship of episodes, right, you, you can actually have segments as well. So you don't really have to build your own from scratch because it is quite time-consuming. And you really have to be committed. The question I always uh, pose is, you're going to spend a lot of time building this. That's great. It's going to create a lot of deep engagement, but make sure you've got to back it up with the right investment to drive the people there, right? There's no point building a beautiful mall and you don't spend any money driving people to that mall. Uh, and so one way is to find the relevant segment of podcasts mm. and be able to, to provide a little segment within the episode to be able to let people connect. So these are some creative ways to drive mm. more interaction with your audience. Yeah. Um, something that I've been fascinated by is how brands are using it uh, more creatively than just putting their ads on or just sponsoring segments. Um, there was this pasta brand, um, Barilla, I believe. They created playlists that lasted the specific amount of time that you need to cook their pastas. So that, yes. that, was, that yes. was great. Yeah. Wow. Correct, correct. So that's the create. That's using what I call the branded playlist mm -hmm. right, earlier on yep. and be able to make sure that the content is correct. Drawing nice. a similar uh, parallel to a branded podcast segment. We've had brands that built a podcast um, segment where it's, it's podcast, uh, a storytelling podcast that coincides with you brushing your teeth. Wow. So it's meant for little children so that when they brush their teeth, they look forward to, to hearing that podcast because that podcast actually involves the action the timing of brushing your teeth so the children look the children look forward to brushing their teeth with that kind of nice segment i'll try using that on my teeth too looks <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of creativity now in, in in audio in fact um if you look at it uh can which is the gold standard of creativity in our industry is also redefining the what what is called the radio category and it's now like accommodating a lot of audio executions as well beyond just radio also like accommodating a lot from digital and uh, I think that's a, a, a good challenge for the industry I think of course putting advertising there is a straightforward still effective mm -hmm. but I'm sure there are a lot of other creative ways um, 
for us to be able to execute our brands in right. in 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 uh, on demand audio. Yeah, and one thing about that, Dennis, too, and I'll just put it out since it's early days. If you're coming in and you're listening to this as a brand at this episode, it's still very cheap compared <laughs> to there's there's not saturated. If you look at the other mediums like video, you'd have to pay top dollar to get those those spots. Here, there's not a lot yet. So your 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 mileage, that budget can go a really long way instead of you know burning it and competing it for whatever that's already out there that's you know a red ocean. Yeah, a good point there. And and to add on based on you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of agency folks and marketers out there listening into this podcast uh, understand the journey of a user when when it comes to audio uh, don't think of it as just a media channel right uh, i mentioned you know the different time the intradays when someone wakes up when someone is traveling to work when someone is at office even when they go to sleep right they're consuming different forms of audio some people go to sleep listening to podcasts that they like right uh, and so with with the diff- with in, you know addition of audio into your journey today, D- Dennis mentioned you mentioned a great point earlier on, right? In the it, audio started during the time right after uh, you know there was print, and then TV came along much later. Today in the digital world, if you just think about it, there is print, there's TV, radio is not a, a strong part of it yet. So if you look at the whole entire combination of this media mix you have to plan out the attribution model because if you're just thinking about the last click with audio, that's not going to work because a lot of people are listening in. But look, you can, you can shut off your eyes, right? When, you, when, you look, when you're seeing a commercial, but try closing your ears when you're listening to music. You can't, right? In fact, you've got your headphones on. The experience is amazing. And, and when, I, when we talk about on-demand audio and the fact that a lot of people are listening in using their headphones, or their, or their ear parts, et cetera. Uh, think about the, the fact that it's going to be one-to-one and therefore it's going to be storytelling-like. So with the proper message and what we call sound stage, right? You can actually fill someone's mind with a picture of what they themselves imagine. Uh, we have a term for this, a fancy term called theater of the mind. So I, I give you one quick example. Sorry if I'm taking a bit longer, but uh, an example of... of how this could work, right? Imagine if you all close your eyes right now and you listen to, and you're hearing the sound of waves, uh, you know, and that sound of wave itself could take Dennis to Boracay, but it could take Ron to Bali, right? And if you accompany with copy, like imagine the sea wind walking on warm, silky sand, then everyone goes to a different happy place. Again, this is the theater of the mind. So you got to think of sound and the sound stage itself. Uh, you know, uh, Dennis mentioned Can right, where they had awards now for audio. Sometimes you don't even need words. So Marie Claire did this great, powerful message against uh, violence against women. And what they did was when people were listening to Spotify, suddenly the ad spot was silent. And people thought like, was that, did I get cut off in the subway or did I lose connection? And then they look at their phone and the message there was to talk about, you know, violence against women. You've got to stand up for it. Don't stay silent. And that was it. There was zero sound in that ad, right? With no, no message at all. But it made them look at their phone, right? So that's, that itself won a can award. Wow. There's a lot of possibilities in, in, in on-demand audio and, and, and uh, in podcasting. 
And I'm sure we're just at the beginning of the journey, especially here in the Philippines, um, Ron, right? Uh, but uh, maybe, you know, since you mentioned that, you know, we're still at the beginning of, of, of our journey, everything is basically cheap, everyone, it, it's very much open to a lot of um, um, creative execution. I, I want to ask, like, you know, if you look maybe two, three years, five years from now, where do you see the future of podcast, um, at least in the perspective of the Philippines? Uh, maybe we can start with you on. The, the, the future is very bright because if you look at, again, the trend of how we started out almost two years ago, when 80% of the top podcast consumers in the Philippines were foreign, and now we're at 45% in the top 200, I think that trend is going to continue to to grow because if you look at our neighboring countries like Indonesia where Indonesia is 3 to 4x of the Philippines the top 200 podcasts in Indonesia 96 to 94% of the content consumed there are local imagine how many more content creators how many messages and how many niches can we cover uh, with the right um, KOLs uh, talking about that and then all of the brand this is a treasure trove of, of, of now information that you can just double down on and support. And the, the, the key thing about and if you're going to come from it from a brand's point of view, one thing that, that also works in, 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 at, in supporting these voices in these conversations is repetition, right? It's not a one and done. So for example, in, in my own podcast in Hustle Share, the way my sponsors support it is for a season so that whenever, whatever conversations I cover, they're always synonymous to those. You attach yourself as a brand to the right conversations. Because again, people always listen to their top podcasts because it's personality-based. It's host-driven. And the people, the reason why people love podcast ads is because it's like your favorite host or your favorite storyteller just recommending something to you organically rather than playing it as a jingle or whatever where it doesn't even have you know that, that, that personal touch to it. Right? And it's very exciting. And that's why also, just to put a, a plug a little bit, um, we created our own platform called Podmetrics that allows now both content creators to you know, share their data so that the brands that also want to support. So if you're a brand and you're listening to this, just go to podmetrics.co and then you can now choose the, the proper podcast that you can support, whether it's affiliate marketing or sponsorships as well. But of course, the best one is Spotify. There you go. Back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. I think you're doing affiliate marketing for Spotify already. That's really good. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, when Ron said the future of audio is bright. Uh, in fact, recently, if you have time, you know, just go to, uh, just, just, you know, search for Stream On by Spotify. That was an event we held in February this year. And we had our CEO, Daniel Egg, as well as, a few top executives talk about the future of demand audio. That, you know, one hour segment will give you a lot more about future audio. So if you're listening in, you have that time, go watch that video. It's very interesting. Uh, but in, in, in essence, I think that to sum it up, it's, you know, we, it's talked about the next frontier of content and audio is going to be the next frontier of content, whether you're a creator, whether you're an audience, whether you're a marketer. And think about the investments so when you ask Dennis about the future, if you think about the investment that's been put in right now in voice-first screenless device, whether it's in-home, whether it's on the go, uh, audio now plays a very important role in the consumption. 
particularly after what we went through in the last one year, there were a lot of screen fatigue. People turned to like ASMR playlists to, to go to sleep, etc., etc. And think of you know, the future of on-demand audio. Uh, if you, when you think of that, you also think, have to think about the social aspect of it. So today, we've already, within, at least within Spotify, we already have collaborative playlists where you can swap recommendations. So the discovery portion will become more and more important in terms of the future. And we also introduce things like group sessions where friends around the world can tune in, whether you're in the same neighborhood, whether you're thousands of miles away, you can actually tune in, listen to the same podcast or music at the same time on your own device and even control the playback. So the future of audio also puts a lot of control into your hands. And we are seeing way more uh, global tech companies. You talk about Apple, Google, Amazon, Tencent, ByteDance. They're all investing into on-demand audio. So as you can imagine, you know, even, even within Spotify, we are constantly trying to introduce new things. Uh, you know, recently we acquired other companies as well that allows for live experience within on-demand uh, or within streaming for that, for that matter. So, I mean, the future is going to be really powerful. It's going to be an intimate channel and it will be a great advertising medium to consider as well. Sorry, I had to do that plug. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Personally, coming from a creative agency previously, something that we were taught um, as we came in was that you one shouldn't discount audio, radio rather, as a platform because exactly what Yen said, audio has this power to transport you to different places, can alter your mood. And unlike something, let's say, like television, you know, you can't close your ears. You know, you're going to be listening to this thing whether you're looking at it or not. That's why it makes it such a fun thing to, um, to have on in the background, whether you're driving, you're doing chores, or you're trying to get something done. But on that note, I'd like to ask our two guests today, uh, before we wrap up, we've been talking a lot about how uh, much entertainment and information that we can get out of audio platforms. I'd like to know what you guys personally, what do you listen to? Okay, now this is very intimate. I actually have a weekly cadence of how what I listen to. So again, uh, I'm a very heavy podcast consumer, but my consumption really varies of where I am in my week. At the very start, because I before the pandemic, I, I usually consume podcasts while I'm driving. I don't have that luxury now. Now I do uh, bike rides at night. And that's my one to two hours of, of, of Zen that I get to download it on Spotify, preload it. So even if I don't have data or I go to spotty uh, places where there isn't data, I can consume it. What I listen to are business shows. Uh, so how, actually, Hustle Share is just a, it's, it's a, it's an offshoot of the best podcast that I listen to. So the ones that I listen to is Entree Leadership. That's my very, uh, my favorite podcast. A16Z podcast. Um, the Harvard Business Review podcast as well. Uh, those are the things. And then ar around Wednesday, my brain is already fried. So I can never, I cannot consume any intellectual <laughs> content. So now I become, I, I will go to our, the comedy podcast, like in Podcast Network Asia, uh, which is a Spotify exclusive, by the way. The Cool Pass is my favorite uh, podcast, which is about comedy, right? And then I diversify. I consume a lot of our shows in Podcast Network Asia. We went from literally when we started this out five, we now have 110 as of recording this. Wow. So that's what 
trying to do. We're really trying to uplift the best content creators. Because the thing about podcasts too, guys, is that yes, everybody wants to create content, right? Everybody can typically create a, a show using Anchor, which is, again, owned by Spotify, right? But there's a big but. There is a skill gap. And that's what we're trying to bridge because if you, not everybody has the, 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 the you know, talent to sound like a broadcaster and whatnot or be a storyteller, but if you surround them with the right ecosystem for them to thrive and for them to scale, that's where you see results. Because the last thing you want to do when you create a podcast is that, oh, we created a podcast and nobody listens to it, right? And then the, the thing called pod fading happens. There's a lot, over a million shows on, in, in the, the podcast around the world that have less than 10 episodes. If you make it past 10, good job, right? Because now editing comes into play and everything else and whatnot. But uh, again, in terms of that, that's, that's what we stand for in Podcast Network Asia so that um, continuity happens and you don't pod fade. Okay, thank you so much. That that playlist sounded very intellectual up until we got to the cool pals. <laughs> <laughs> Again, my brain is fried by Wednesday. I cannot consume anything anymore. It's okay. My my playlist sounds like Metallica and the Backstreet Boys. So <laughs> you know that's more embarrassing. <laughs> um, how about you, Yen? What do you consume on on demand? Um, well, on the music side, it is. <laughs> well, you know, every end of the year when um, when Spotify rolls out the rap campaign and then you'll be able to see the sum of all content that you consume, how many music, music um, sorry, how many minutes, you know, the content and all that. Mine is a very mixed content, right? Uh, because going back to what I said earlier on, I, I listen to, I soundtrack the moments I'm in. So when I'm in the gym, I'll try and use beast mode because I'm very lazy. I try to motivate myself with beast mode under the, the, the uh, workout playlist. But when I'm, when I'm driving, I'm trying to just relax. I'll listen to like lo-fi playlist, which is a great playlist. There's lo-fi. There's, there's a lot of different lo-fi music. There's even Japanese lo-fi, which one of my colleagues introduced me to. And if I am actually running, there are, I can choose the beats per minute. So I can choose like running to rock, which is a higher beats per minute. But at the same time, I've got three relatively young children. So when they demand on demand, right, I have to play the music they want. Okay. So be it, you know, the, the latest youth, uh, you know, uh, sorry, music with a young singer or is, or is it going to be a, a, you know, nursery rhyme I have to play. So my rap looks a bit crazy, uh, but that's music, right? You, you, it's something for everyone. Uh, but in terms of podcasts, I, 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 I try to cover a few different parts of my life. So I look at, you know, parenting podcasts um, from even from a religious perspective. There's like this dad who's a Christian who talks about, you know, daily his life. He also has three kids. So that's pretty interesting. Short three minutes, I'm done, Right. But I also look at self-improvement and, you know, we always try to subscribe to, uh, I would say, you know, language courses in the past, which we all try. But on Spotify, there's, there's this thing called Coffee Break. So you, there's Coffee Break Japanese, Coffee Break Swedish. And, and I'm listening to Coffee Break Swedish right now because Spotify is a Swedish company. And it's just people, two people chatting and you're learning language from a conversation versus please say hello and then you choose something, right? <laughs> uh, and then I'm, I, as a, from a work perspective, 
uh, I'm always trying to be a better manager, better leader. So I, I, I really like John Maxwell. So he has a leadership podcast under John Maxwell. That's really good. And someone introduced me recently to a uh, meditational podcast. So this is, this is by Marcus Aurelius. He has a, a meditation podcast, which is really interesting. And it, to, to just add on the hottest thing right now on Spotify, where a lot of people are listening to, uh, especially when you're looking at, you know, two great men having conversation is Renegades yes. right, on in the US, where it's, yeah, it's it runs. Bruce Springsteen and Bruce Barack Spain, Obama yeah. right there. Right. Talking to Barack Obama. That's a very right. interesting podcast. Yeah. Wow, those those are good podcasts. I'm, I'm actually listing all of them. <laughs> good luck with the cool pass, Dennis. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think that just about marks our time for this part of the program. I'd like to thank our two guests. Thank you so much for sharing um, your insights and your points of view in this very exciting field of on-demand audio. Um, for showing us that one of the oldest uh, forms of media is now providing us with an exciting new frontier. And we all look forward to seeing what comes of it. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege. Appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you guys in person uh, once the world starts making sense again. Join IMAP in shaping the future of digital marketing along with over 300 corporate members from brands, agencies, advertisers, tech companies, media, and startups. IMAP has spearheaded initiatives to drive digital learning, skills development, and camaraderie in the industry like IMAP Web Wednesday, Breakfast Roundtables, Virtual Member Meetups, IMAP Academy, Youth Digital Congress, and such. To learn more about IMAP, you may download our free digital book, the only book you'll need for digital, via our official IMAP website at www.imap.com.ph and watch out for future events when you follow us on our social media pages. Which brings us to the part of the program where we like to end with a boom. This is where we look at past year's Boomerang Award winners. And today we have a very special case study to discuss. We're talking about Shop to Give from Unilever, which put a new face on the concept of donating for a cause. Dennis, what can you tell us about this one? Well, Shop to Give is a very interesting campaign because uh, when we started um, the campaign three years ago, E-commerce was still, you know, at a very nascent uh, stage during the time. As, you know, everyone is now shopping online because of the pandemic, but this is basically pre-pandemic. And one thing that we realized before is that when you look at e-commerce um, campaigns, it's usually just like a sale. We were joking internally in Unilever that it looks like a changge uh, before. <laughs> and uh, we worked together with Gigil, uh, that's the agency that worked on this campaign. And we said that, you know, I'm sure there is... There could be a creative way of doing an e-commerce campaign. And it just so happened that uh, during the time, we had a partnership with UNICEF. And we said that, you know, we would like to make this um, e-commerce platform also a way of donating uh, for a cause. But instead of just like, you know, donating a portion of the sale, what we what what we try to do is basically to make it exciting. We want to break that clutter of the Green Hills Changge uh, feel of, of e-commerce. 
And to be disruptive, what we did was we made all of our visuals in 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 Lazada, all of our logos, kidified, um, like drawings of kids from from kindergarten. And and um, by doing that, by changing all of our advertising, even our talents, our um, celebrity endorsers changed their profile into a caricature of themselves. It created a lot of organic buzz which actually delivered uh, amazing results for um, Shop to Give and Unilever. When it comes to doing things like this, how receptive did you find your partners, your celebrities with regards to, you said, changing their profile images? I mean, that's something that they tend to curate. People are very sensitive how they appear online. Was it a hard sell to your partners to say, we want you to replace your profile with a child's drawing? Yes, there was a lot of um, of, of uh, discussions actually when we were conceptualizing the campaign. And not just with our partners, but also internally. You know, as you can, I'm, I'm sure like um, you, you worked in the creative agency and you'd say like the logo is sacred. Don't touch it. <laughs> there are like logo guidelines. You cannot change the color, the shape. You cannot, you cannot tilt it 45 degrees or things like that and um, during the time internally we also um, you know had a, a, a very healthy discussion of whether um, this is something that we can do or not but at the end of the day you know in a, in a performance driven campaign it's all about you know what is the objective and what would be the best you know execution or creative execution that could achieve that objective and we felt that um, you know together with our partner in Gigil they were able to do it in a very tasteful way in fact, even for the celebrities, uh, we do have a roster of like caricature artists and it's quite controlled. Um, it's actually made by one, uh, I think only two people just to make sure that it's quite consistent. It doesn't look like cartoony or too funny. So there's a bit of care when it comes to treating those um, those drawings. But yeah, it scared us at the beginning, um, changing all of those logos. But, uh, you know, with, with the results that we got, it looks like we were able to uh, have the right decision creatively on the execution. And that is exactly why it is an award winner. It was a creative idea, you took a risk, and you had the results to show for it at the end of the day. So congratulations yes. on that. Thank you so much. And one thing that, that, that I think uh, a good uh, proof of its success is that we're now in Shop to Give year four. Wow. <laughs> a, a, few, a few campaigns actually have that, that long run, uh, but, but uh, this one is, uh, is quite you know, disruptive during that time. It's still disruptive as of now. And I think one thing that's, that, that kept it floating is the cost behind the campaign. It's about helping people. And uh, you know, and and that one doesn't get old. Yeah, that's that's basically shop to give for us. Thank you, Dennis, for sharing those insights on that campaign. We look forward to seeing more Boomerang Award winners as we do future episodes. And we thank everybody for tuning in today for our very first IMAP's official podcast. This is Digipod, and I am your host, Misha Licaros. With me is Dennis Perez. We look forward to seeing you next time. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>